And we're here once again. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Let's Talk Vets. Good evening and welcome. This program is produced by Vets for Vets. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg, USAF 1968 to 1972. Our mission is to provide news, entertainment, and information of particular interest to our area veterans, active service members, and their families. Tonight, we'll once again visit with our good friends down at Action Toward Independence in Monticello, ATI. We'll talk with Vanessa Sotello, who's Assistant Director, and Mark Herbert, who's the MICA Veteran Services Coordinator, about their mission in the community and their Wounded Warrior Service Dog Program for our veterans. Then we'll take a walk down the street to Sullivan County Government Center and meet the new XO of Sullivan County, Lieutenant Commander John Little retired. After a 20-year U.S. Navy career, he's now the Deputy Manager of Sullivan County. I guess you could say there's a new deputy in town. But first, here are some dates of note for August. August the 4th is the Coast Guard birthday. August the 7th is Purple Heart Day. That is a day set aside to honor the men and women who have been wounded or killed in military service. August the 8th is VJ Day, so named uh, Victory Over Japan in 1945, ending our war with Japan. And August 29th is Marine Forces Reserve Birthday. Action Toward Independence, better known as ATI, is many things to many people. These dedicated folks live by their logo. Inability is not a disability. Their mission is to assess each individual's natural ability and use those as a foundation for building a more independent life. Vanessa Sotello is Deputy Director at ATI, and she'll give us a quick recap of their services and then Mark Herbert, the Veteran uh, veteran Services Coordinator, will explain his role helping our vets and their Wounded Warrior Service Dog Program. Thank you both for your time today. Thank you. Vanessa, I last talked with Ms. Warden. Could you kind of just recap briefly what this agency does and the programs that you have? Sure. Action Toward Independence is essentially an independent living center, and we provide support and services for individuals with disabilities. And disabilities can vary. Um, That's anything with a physical disability to someone with a mental illness or a chemical addiction. And we provide support groups, um, life skills programs, and various different programs to enhance their quality of life. So I guess if, if, if I were to sum it up, I would say that you... You key on people's abilities that they have, and you build on those as a foundation to make them help them be as independent as they can be, correct? Correct. We, we don't necessarily look at something as a disability. We just essentially look at things that people do in a different way. So everybody is capable. We just have to adapt and modify what we're doing to ensure that they can achieve what their goal is, but we might need to, nec- we might need to do it just simply um, in a different way than the social norm, I suppose. So I just did a, a an interview with the VA on vets and homelessness. Um, how bad is the homeless the homeless situation in general up here? So uh, homeless homelessness is um, it's a significant issue, um, specifically in Sullivan County. Sullivan County has some of the lowest rankings in New York State, and we are doing our best to address all the needs, and um, we're actively involved in multiple different committees and working with multiple different agencies so that we can come together as as a county to try and meet the needs of those that are within our own community here. Okay, so um, I guess the uh, there's a there's a real problem with opiates up here, right? 
Yes. Um, opiates is a significant issue uh, all throughout the country, but here specifically, um, we've recently participated in a focus group. Um, it is something that is of great concern here, and the reality is that it's it's everywhere, and as a, as a small rural community, we really have to try to develop ideas and come up with solutions as a, as a community to try to, to battle this really growing issue. So I guess one of the biggest uh, challenges up here is transportation. Absolutely. Transportation is one of the biggest concerns in this area and has been for quite some time. The forefront of all of our minds, and um, we are continuously trying to see what we can do to, to improve upon it because the biggest challenge is, you know, we can we can put all the supports in place, but actually getting these individuals to those supports is is a really big hurdle. And they have to want to do it themselves as well, and that's what it's all really all about. Do you do you service folks out of like Port Jervis area and such? Yes, we absolutely do. We actually have a presence um, now at uh, Empower Port Jervis. Um, that's every week now that we actually have an individual from our Orange County site that is in that agency and providing information about our services specifically through Empower Port Jervis. Just in general, this year so far, how many folks did you help? Um, I don't have the specific numbers in front of me. I know that we have a goal usually every year to hit uh, at least 900, and we've far surpassed that in our last our last reporting year, and I think that we're well on our way to surpass that this year as well. As I mentioned before, our services continue to grow, and it, the numbers have just really grown to a point that we are super excited that our name is getting out there. People are starting to really be familiar with what ATI does and what we uh, what we can do for them, and um, we're going to just do what we can to keep doing what we're doing. Well, we'll try and help with that, okay? Mark? Yes. How are you today? I am good. How about yourself? Any better? I couldn't stand it. Awesome. So what I want to talk about is your role as the veterans peer advocate okay um i am a veteran i served in the u.s coast guard for seven years and i am now the new veteran peer advocate for ati my role is to help veterans in any way i can also we run a wounded warrior program to supply service dogs to veterans with ptsd I uh, also help with jobs, filling applications out, housing, food. I'm even helping one gentleman with his citizenship. So I do a lot of different things. I also help the other people in ATI as well. But my biggest uh, battle is to get the veterans to come in see me and so I can bridge the gap between the veterans and the VA system. I'm very knowledgeable with that. So I want the veterans to come in, see me, so I can give them the answers they deserve. So what's the biggest uh, challenge in getting guys to come in? Aside from vets don't like to self-identify, they're pretty independent, they don't like to ask for help. How do you approach it if you hear somebody says, hey, you know, Mark, I, I, I saw this guy down here the other night, and, and I know he's a vet, and he really needs help. So how would you approach that once you know that there's somebody out there, even if they haven't approached you? Do you go and try and make contact with them? Yes. Uh, first, what I would do is uh, get his phone number, her phone number, give them a call, explain to them what we do, and hopefully have them come down do an intake, and then we can see uh, what they want to do, where they're having problems, and hopefully be able to help them. Do you uh, normally refer them uh, to the VA? I would refer them to the VA if they wanted me to. I always ask the veteran what he wants or she wants, but I can refer them to many of the VA facilities in our area. Uh, I found it quite interesting the depth of your employment services program we have all sorts of uh, people that we employ we have pathstone what's pathstone 
Pathstone is an agency that provides secretarial help. They usually have like 20 to 25 hours a week. Okay, so they're a temp, a temp agency? Yes. Okay, so you could you could place a vet with some administrative background in there probably very quickly. Yes, um, I actually have one gentleman that requested that, so I'm going to get him involved through Pathstone so he can come in and help do anything that I need him to do. And, I mean, in terms of ATI, how long has ATI been here? Um, ATI was established uh, in, in existence since 1988. You guys are well-connected to area businesses, and you probably have HR contacts throughout the Hudson Valley that you can just, you know, call around and, and you know what they're looking for, and you kind of match them up, right? That's correct. Uh, we have uh, many uh, resources to uh, match employer to employee, job to job. So we have a good depth. And what has your experience been with that program? I mean, is it working out very well, or is there, there there's got to be some failure rate? Yeah, there's some bumps in the road. Uh, transportation, as we talked before, is one of the big things. We usually see a good turnaround with the vets. By their nature, they tend to be pretty dependable people. And actually, the more structured the situation, the better they are, I think, right? That is correct. Uh, big, the biggest thing for veterans is structure. They need to know where they're going, what they're doing. They're awesome because they, they want to help in any way they can. And a lot of times, people don't realize what the veteran wants or can do. So my job is to help that vet get in to employment, and hopefully he uh, or she is happy with what they do and their progress. Do you help a lot with um, transition from military to civilian? Yes, I, I help. I give information to any vet that has recently been honorably discharged with any avenues of employment, medical, dental, pharmacy, any question I can help them with so they can bridge that gap and get back into being a civilian. Do we have a lot of vets in this area? Yes, uh, we have quite a few. Um, I don't know the exact number, but I'm meeting new ones every day. I am really happy that, you know, these vets are reaching out to me, and I think we're going to have a great relationship. As I produce this radio program, I'm meeting more people, and I'm finding there's a lot of services available, but not necessarily everybody knows about them. So that's, what we, that's one of the things we try to do. Let's talk about dogs. All right. What do you want to know about dogs? Well... I think I established that kind of has to be a match made between the vet and the dog. Yes, uh, you can't just uh, throw a dog with a veteran and go on your merry way. What we do is do an intake on the veteran. We see what kind of animal he would re want. We also go to the home, see if the living spaces is up to code. Well, how do you determine that they need a dog to begin with, just to back up a little bit? Well, service dogs help veterans with PTSD so they are not triggered. The service dog will help them be calm, provide secure help and companionship. Okay, so once we've established that a vet could benefit from a service dog, what do we do now? If he can benefit from a service dog or she, uh, we come in, we get, we uh, actually find them a dog. We go through training. Um, right now, I have quite a few veterans already completed phase one. That's a six-week course with vet and dog, and I'm working on a couple other vets for phase two, which is public access, uh, bringing the dog out into the public, 
making sure he performs and obeys all commands. Okay, so phase one is, is basically um, getting the vet and the dog together and working through all kinds of different situations to, that they know each other. And then the dog mainly helps them avoid um, situations that might trigger. That's correct. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Uh, we don't want a vet out there get triggered by something they uh, did in the past. or So that's what the service dog does. He senses, he knows when the veteran is being uncommonly, and also he will nudge him, get him away from what's triggering him, and over time, he will use this service dog as a companion-type service. Would you go to a specific breed of dog for a matchup? Yes. Uh, mostly the uh, breeds that we would like to use would be a medium to large-sized dog. Labradors, Golden Retrievers. German Shepherds, any kind of breed that has known in the past to be service animals. I imagine companionship is a big part of it all. So you talked about the program. So just briefly step through the program from start to finish again. How long does it take? And what is the cost of the program? Is there any cost to the vet? No, there's no cost to the vet. We uh, we provide the dog, we provide the vest, the training, and once we get all that done, he is happy and he is on his own, and he can always come back for any refresher courses, and hopefully they bond together and have a great life. Okay, so the six-week program, phase one. How many hours do you spend with the vet? How many days a week? The six-week program is one day a week, two to three hours per training day. So I spend three hours total with the vet and the dog and the trainer. And then phase two, what does that involve? Phase two is what I run I take the dog and the veteran out into public and go through a list of questions, commands, suggestions. I help the dog, hopefully not to be petted, bother other animals. Only I only want the service dog to be with the owner and nothing else. Okay, so after that, and then... Do we go on to graduation, or is there a phase three? There is a phase three that is our refresher course. And then after that, you have graduation. Okay, so over all the phases, a typical vet, uh, from start to finish, how long does it take? It takes a couple months. Okay. And then at the end of the day, if if we've done everything right... And starting with a good matchup and, and everything has worked right, then the vet owns the dog? Yes. And we also provide medical help for the dog right from the get-go. We uh, have it checked out by a vet. And once that's all done, then after he's through the program and graduates, then it's the vet's responsibility to do all the veterinarian appointments. Okay. And how long have you been here? I've been here just a month. What do you think? You're going to stay? I'm actually very happy to be here. Uh, I think I can help a lot of vets. I have a lot of knowledge. I'm also a disabled veteran, so I know a lot about that gap from veteran to VA, veteran to medical, and I can help any vet with anything. So you can talk to them in a language that is unique to um, 
other people talking to them who, who are not veterans or, or not disabled. So where did you gain your training and your experience with the dogs? I gained my training pretty much growing up with owning dogs all my life. I love animals, love dogs. I've helped the veterans with the training, but mostly I have my my background's mostly from my growing up and just loving animals. And where did you grow up? I'm a resident of Sullivan County. I grew up in a little town called Calicoon. Was there all my life, with the exception of my time in the service. Well, I want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for your time. Can folks call you direct, or should they call ATI and tell them what they need? Is that the way to go? Right. Okay. If anyone needs services, they simply need to call the office. Um, our number is 845-794-4228. Obviously, for veteran services, they're going to want to connect with Mark Herbert. And also, I would like to encourage veterans to look out for our upcoming event in in August, August 24th. We have Operation Wellness for the second year, and that's where we're going to have a, a number of service agencies available at a wonderful uh, Boy Scout camp in Forestburg. Um, there's going to be lots of great events. Come on down and uh, hear from Mark, as well as many other representatives from various different agencies on everything that we can essentially do for the veteran and the veteran's family. I think that's an important point um, to mention that uh, it's not simply the veteran that we're assisting. We can also assist the whole family as a unit. Terrific. Well, thank you very much, Vanessa and Mark. You're listening to Let's Talk Vets on WJFF. One note of clarification there. Uh, this interview was done a little while ago, so I guess Mark's been there about two, maybe close to three months now. And he has taken on new responsibilities. Uh, he is the MICA slash Veteran Services Coordinator. MICA stands for Mental Illness Chemical Addiction. So he will be uh, better equipped to help veterans and others with um, addiction to substances, and uh, that's a good thing. Right now it's about uh, 23 after, 76 degrees yet, and uh, we're going to um, take some time to talk about some news in the area and, in general, of interest to veterans. Well, by now, everybody knows that the American Veterans Traveling Tribute Wall is coming to Sullivan County in September. This uh, 360-foot replica of the Vietnam Memorial in Washington, D.C. will be available for viewing at the Rock Park in Rock Hill September the 11th, beginning at 2 p.m., and will remain open 24 hours a day until the 15th at roughly 2 p.m. This is made possible by the generosity of area residents, businesses, and organizations, the Sullivan County Veterans Coalition, and we are hosted by our good friends at the Rock Hill Volunteer Fire Department. We thank the volunteer firemen for everything they have done and everything they will be doing to help us out to bring this healing exhibit to this area. Volunteers will be on hand to locate friends and loved ones and relatives' names on the wall, and supplies will also be available to capture a rubbing of those names. Now, the wall will come in on a procession on September the 10th, and the procession will run from Woodburn to Rock Park. And for anyone wanting to take uh, part in that procession, form-up will be 2 p.m., at the QWL field on Riverside Drive, which is opposite the correctional facility, and the uh, motorcade, so to speak, will be kicking off at uh, about 3 p.m. to arrive at the field about 4. 
Now, we'd like to get the word out so the route of the motorcade, so that people can pay their respects on the way. It will be quite impressive. We've got motorcycles. We've got fire trucks. Uh, a lot of uh, individuals. There'll probably be some classic cars, if I know this area. Um, we'll be leaving the driveway of QWL onto Riverside Drive, and at the end of the road, they'll make a right onto 52 West, uh, rather a left onto 52 West. They'll be going through Woodburn and bearing left on Route 42 South, and then going through Fallsburg and Kayamisha into Monticello. Now, at the Burger King, they're going to make a right onto Route 17 West, and they're going to take the first exit, which is 104, and they're going to bear left at the traffic light and make a left onto Jefferson Street. They'll be following Jefferson Street at the traffic light on Broadway and then making a left to go down Broadway and East Broadway to the new traffic circle and re-entering Route 17 East. They'll be getting off Route 17 Exit 109 to make a left onto Katrina Falls Road at the stop sign on Rock Hill Drive next to the trading post and make a left and a quick right onto Glenwild Road. Rock Hill Firehouse is on the left, Glenwild Road. Questions and contact uh, will be directed to, um, can be directed to, uh, let's see, we'll get to that in a minute, okay? Volunteers, volunteers are needed. So if you'd like to uh, help build the wall, help visitors locate names, or help uh, folks get around the field, the shifts are four to six hours, depending on the time of day or night. And this is 24 hours, so we will need folks from uh, for six-hour shift overnight. Uh, if you are able to help out, please contact Howie Goldsmith. Uh, and you can email Howard at goldsmithhow at yahoo.com or call him at 845-791-1030 Rocky Ortega and that's RQ Ortega at yahoo.com or you can call Rocky at 845-665-3171 also on site during this display we'll have the VA Vet Center offering readjustment counseling for veterans and their families that's a VA-sponsored um, organization. Action Toward Independence, ATI, will have representatives. You just heard from them. They'll be on site to discuss their programs for vets and to help any way they can. And Middletown Vet Center from Orange County, that's another veterans help center. There may be some others on site as well. Questions or comments directed to Howie Goldsmith, goldsmithhow at yahoo.com or 845-791-1030. Rocky Ortega, RQ Ortega at yahoo.com or 845-665-3171. Joseph Levy, uh, one combat vet 2004 at yahoo.com or 612-408-3639. Or Gary Hill, 845-292-0741. We just talked about the lack of transportation. Well, a new bus service for Sullivan County residents and visitors called Move Sullivan, is on track to start operations August 19th. The service will be free until January 1st, 2020, and uh, after the first of the year, it will cost $2 a ride on the loop, which we'll describe in a second. Riders with disabilities will be able to request in advance a pickup as much as three-quarters of a mile off the established route, which will cost uh, an additional $2. The loop, or the bus route, will run through Liberty, Ferndale, Harris, Monticello, Fallsburg, Lock, Sheldrake, Hurleyville, and some major shopping centers on the way. Hours of operation, 5.30 a.m. to 5.50 p.m., Monday through Friday. More details available by calling Rolling V Bus Company at 845-434-4102 or their website, uh, www.movesullivan.com or by emailing movesullivan at rollingv.com. Operation Wellness, Action Toward Independence, ADI in Monticello, is sponsoring Operation Wellness 824 at Forsberg Scout Reservation, which is right off 42 in Forsberg, New York. The event will be open from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's a fun-filled, action-packed day. And it'll do many things for many people um, and help to end the stigma of PTSD and begin the healing. 
Many organizations will be on hand with information and ideas specifically designed to help vets and their families overcome the many challenges they face every day. A list of some of the folks that are going to be participating, the Pets Alive Shelter of Orange County, Earl Courtright will be helping kids build birdhouses, Yoga by the Lake, MHA Vet to Vet Services of Dutchess County, SITC, which is Safety in the Crosshairs, that's a firearms and range safety training program, Uh, Hudson Valley Community Services, Devil Decals, Sullivan County American Red Cross, Honor Flight of Orange County, Animal uh, Pet Hospital in Orange County, Steve Porter, who is ATI's service dog trainer, Vet Center Orange County Veteran Services, Orange County Veteran Services, Sullivan County Alzheimer's, Big Kev's Barbecue, Past Stone Veterans Employment Services, Sullivan Septic, Sullivan County Public Health Nursing, and Nancy Wolf representing Legal Shield Services for Vets. There will be shuttles from the parking area to the exhibit area for those needing a lift. And for more information, please call Mark Herbert, Action Toward Independence, 845-794-4228. And on August 31st, uh, join the Vet to Vet programs at Hudson Valley as they celebrate Veterans Appreciation Day. The event will be held in conjunction with Hudson Valley Renegades, and there will be a veteran resources and vendors located inside the Renegades Stadium. If you'd like more information or tickets, please call your county veteran service office. In Orange County, it's 845-291-2470. In Dutchess County, 845-486-2060. In Putnam County, 845-808-1620. And there will be post-game fireworks. Gates open 3 p.m., pregame ceremony 5 p.m. The game will start at 6.05 p.m. At a veteran's home in Louisiana's Bayou Country, the French Legion of Honor has been bestowed upon an aptly named World War II veteran, Private First Class Lawrence Boudreau, by the new French ambassador who recently made a special trip there. Boudreaux tells of participating in the invasion of Normandy in a strafed landing craft that was possibly made in Louisiana, how he was towed through Dutch skies by a C-47 and a canvas and plywood glider, seated in a jeep that was ready to roll out when the expendable glider hit the ground, and later still liberating French champagne from the cellars at Hitler's second home. Hitler had stolen it from the French, quotes, Boudreaux, so we took it back, and it was pretty good champagne, too. He chuckled a bit and was uh, recounting the screaming eagles that went down the Third Reich cellars and took the champagne and some more stuff back home, as he says, and referred to it as soldiers collecting souvenirs. As part of the whirlwind media blitz, Boudreaux, 97, is experiencing for the first time in his life, he shared anecdotes about his war experiences with the Army Times. Boudreaux is likely one of only two remaining Screaming Eagles glidermen, said uh, G.J. Uh, G. J. Detour, the author of Screaming Eagle Gliders, the 321st Glider Field Artillery Battalion of the 101st Airborne Division in World War II. Detour researched the battalion and attempted to track down any survivors, what he refers to as a research project extraordinaire, using the battalion's rousters for more than 21 years to write his book. Boudreaux, as we said, is one of probably two lone survivors. A 94-year-old Marine veteran from Hayward, California, was awarded the Congressional Gold Medal on August 2nd nearly three-quarters of a century after he fought to clear the Marshall Islands from the Japanese in World War II. Joseph Alexander was awarded one of the nation's highest civilian honors for being among the first African Americans to enlist in the Corps and attend recruit training at Montford Point Camp in Jacksonville, North Carolina. 
Alexander's exploits during World War II in the Pacific and his time at Montfort Point were first detailed in a story by the East Bay Times. According to that paper, Alexander's family stumbled upon his past at Montfort Point while working with the Department of Veterans Affairs to get him medical benefits which he had earned. Alexander joined the Corps in 1943 at the age of 19, following then-President Franklin Roosevelt's 1941 signing of an executive order that prohibited ethnic or racial discrimination in federal agencies working in defense and forced the military to recruit African Americans. Montfort Point opened its doors to train African-American Marine recruits in 1942, while white Marines were trained at Paris Island, South Carolina, and San Diego, California. Alexander uh, would go on to fight in the Pacific Theater during World War II, but details of his feats are few, as Alexander, like many vets, rarely talked about his service during the war, the East Bay Times reported. President Harry Truman would eventually desegregate the military in 1948. In 2011, President Barack Obama signed legislation to award the Congressional Gold Medal to Montfort Point Marines. But to date, less than 2,000 of the nearly 20,000 African-American Marines went through that recruit training center at Montfort Point. From 1942 to 1949 have been identified and awarded their medals. And that's roughly all the time we have for news tonight. We want to thank you again for joining us on Let's Talk Vets. John Liddell is used to responsibility during his 20-year USN career. He served in a wide variety of command positions at sea and on land. He's now, as we said, the Deputy Sullivan County Manager. Greetings, Commander Little. Greetings. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time. You're a tired Lieutenant Commander, and I want to thank you first for your service. Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure. Uh, from what I read, you packed a lot into those 20 years, so... Can you give us a thumbnail sketch of your wide-ranging service? So most of my operational service was uh, in the surface Navy. So I'm a, uh, I'm a tin can sailor by trade, two cruisers and uh, one destroyer. Uh, I started out with uh, USS Princeton in San Diego. It was a marvelous ship. My, my first amphibious forces out in Japan, Fred Kacher, uh, wonderful man, great mentor, and I have a lot of great mentors from that tour. And um, that was at the start, really, of uh, of the war Pakistan on 9/11. So we we were there from the very beginning, and um, and then you know my other sea tours um, as a department head, uh, weapons officer, combat systems officer was uh, spent a lot of time in the uh, Arabian Gulf off the coast of Somalia, um, dealt with um, uh, the Somali pirates in particular, and. Um, was able to uh, help negotiate for the freedom of uh, of hostages on a, on a uh, Ukrainian freighter that was held captive by the Somalis. So that was that was one of the great you know moments achievements of my career. Um, I think actually though you know m my most interesting career experiences were actually outside of the surface navy. I was uh, I was a planning uh, an operations officer with U.S. Central Command, which is uh, headquartered in Tampa, Florida. But we did a lot of uh, Counterterrorism activity, uh, taking on Al Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. I've been on the ground in uh, Yemen, and um, also worked uh, in personnel recovery. So, uh, getting U.S. hostages, Canadian hostages, out of captivity in Afghanistan. Uh, worked on the uh, missing soldier, Sergeant Bergdahl case, which really complicated thing, but um, was really uh, proud of the work that I did and my team did, uh, helping with his family. Uh, and getting getting them through it till we were able to bring him home. And then uh, my f my final tour before I transitioned out, uh, I was working in Navy Installations Command for the uh, Washington Navy Yard, Naval Support Activity Washington, and that's where I really learned about local government and making things work for people on on the ground level. 
And uh, so that, that really helped me for my transition to what I'm doing today. Okay, so on the April 1st, you assumed the duties of Deputy County Manager of Sullivan County. What does that job entail? <laughs> it, cover, it covers a lot of ground, um, but I'm the uh, uh, second in command of this outfit, uh, as we say in the military, and uh, my boss, Josh Potosik, is the county manager. Um, working for Josh, I kind of function as uh, the chief of staff, for lack of a better term, and uh, overseeing all the different programs around the county from health and family services, public works, public safety, um, planning, economic development, and, uh, and of course, veterans issues. So um, I have a pretty wide range of topics that I have to cover on any given day. And anything else they decide to throw in, right? Yeah, as, as always. <laughs> Okay, so how do you feel lessons learned in the military career will kind of mesh with your new job and, and benefit the uh, veterans and citizens of Sullivan County? Yeah, so I, I kind of think of that in, in two different mindsets. The, the first is, as I said, when I finished up my career, I was uh, deputy commander for a base where we were doing a lot of the same kind of stuff, the public works, public safety kind of thing. So I had a lot of direct experience, actually, that, that helped me. Um, which um, not not every uh, tin can sailor can translate his his work to the outside world, but uh, I was fortunate to, to have that opportunity. It gave me a much smoother transition. Um, and then, of course, it's it's really you know what we all learn in the military: uh, camaraderie, team building, leadership, holding yourself accountable, and getting the job done. You know, you get ingrained to it after 20 years, um, but it's it's important and it helps me a lot, especially with you know I'm working in government, but. I don't really care if side thinks about issues. It's really just about getting the mission accomplished for folks. Right. So you were you said you were on a couple of different ships, uh, but they were, as the submarine guys would say, you were on target because there's only two ships in the Navy, submarines and targets, submarines, right? Submarines. Okay. That's true. <laughs> so vets who live in Sullivan County are faced with a lot of issues, and all the challenges are located by the vast expanse of the area and sketchy transportation. In the role of deputy county manager, how will you be able to, do you think, enhance services for your fellow vets? Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you asked that question. So the, the, uh, the big thing, and, the, and this started actually well before I arrived, but uh, there's been a lot of work to get a reliable uh, transportation system up and running in the county. So there's going to be a, uh, a loop um, running through the core of the county, Monticello and Liberty area. Uh, to the uh, SUNY Sullivan campus and, uh, and and hitting you know the major shopping destination areas um, around us you know Shoprite whatnot and uh, and that's going to help a lot just having something that's more re now a lot of our vets are kind of reliant on some individual service and you know God bless Howie Goldsmith and Steve Walsh from our team downstairs they do uh, they do a great job. Um, but having something that's that's a reliable loop that folks can depend on and not have to make special reservations, I think that's going to go a long way. That service is going to be starting up here next month, so we're really looking forward to getting that rolling. And then, uh, you know, depending on how well it goes, we're going to kind of make that the uh, the hub and then spoke out to the outer reaches of the county to hopefully uh, make it easier for, for guys that are out in the outer edges because um, we are covering, uh, you know, it's it's a 1,000 square miles, so it's it's – it's Rhode Island, but we have a little county government to cover it, so we're getting there. So what's that, what's that uh, service going to be called? Do you know? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, th I think they're still in negotiations with the uh, between the legislators and the marketing team. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure I want to break any news on that, but it's all it's all coming together. Um, contracts are in place, and we wanted to make sure we actually were hoping to start it this month, um, but in in, uh, in July, um, but. Um, by, by August, it should be fully up and running with promotions in place. People will be able to ride it for free for the first couple of months while we build up the customer base, um, and then we'll begin charging fees uh, after a few months. Okay. Do you know what the fees will be at that point? Do you have any idea? Um, I, I don't. I mean, we're, we're trying our best to keep it reasonable, of course, and uh, and, and we do have you know support from, from state grants, um, and we're also looking in integrating you know the services that are out there now that either VA funds or Medicare Medicaid to help keep those costs down for folks so uh, it, it should it should make transportation pretty affordable how how many hours a day will that operate will it operate seven days do you know or um, it, it's really going to depend on on ridership over time 
Yeah, so it's kind of early to, to forecast. And this, uh, one of your outstanding agencies here is the Veterans Service Office, and uh, Corporal Crotty and his staff do an outstanding job, including Howard and Steve. But it sounds like your communications lines are well open to the Veterans Service Office. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I make it a point as a vet myself to make sure that I'm, I'm in touch with them and seeing how I can help them out. Um, they, they do a lot of work, and, and it's, it's, it's hard work that they do because, you know, there's, there's a lot of bureaucracy to interact directly. We, we were having to get them wired up on some strange computer system, um, and, uh, you know, one thing that I was able to help with, fortunately, was got VBMS directly into their offices. So now when they're sitting meeting with vets, they can pull up their information from the VA right there and take a good close look and, and, and fill in those gaps. Because as we all know, unfortunately, there are issues with paperwork and, and, and they have that capability now that they can and work through those details with them. So it's a big help. And that's a great help because I know those guys get frustrated with it. Um, some time ago, I had occasion actually when the, they were talking about the wall coming in. And uh, the Sullivan County Chamber of Commerce was also involved to some extent. And I interviewed Jamie Schmeiser, who's the CEO and president of the chamber. And one of the topics we touched on was the Sullivan County Land Bank and working with veterans and veterans groups to possibly assist vets to obtain some of these distressed and abandoned properties. Um, what are your plans, if any, toward uh, that? So it's... Um the land bank is still really kind of getting off the ground. I think they're in their second year now, um, and I'm new, I'm new to it myself. But I have seen the power of of, of what the land bank does and how it can work. Uh, I helped out with uh, a project um, back in June that Sullivan Renaissance did to uh, help a family that they were uh, they're Puerto Rican. They've been staying with um, family in the area, uh, and they, the reason they were here is because they lost their home uh, when the hurricane went through. Uh, the island, um, you know, last year. So um, to see that family be able to get in and own a home and put down roots, and you know, that's that's what's going to grow this community in the future. And giving them that opportunity to get that start was um, really inspiring to me. Um, and um, <clears throat> you know, among among the all the things that the, the land bank is working on, uh, it kind of started out as an anti-blight thing to get um, really really rough properties cleaned up. Um, and, and in, in a lot of cases, you know, torn down so that the land could be turned around. Um, what the land bank has been going after more recently is homes that can be renovated and can be turned around for somebody to buy it at a reasonable price. Um, so I am very hopeful that vets will be able to take advantage of that in the future, and, and that's something we'll definitely be talking about. Who heads up the land bank? So on, on our end, it's uh, Jill Wire with the, the uh, community planning department, um, but it's a, it's a cooperative effort among uh, a few different um, community organizations that are interested in economic development and home ownership. Um, many vets have issues transitioning from military to civilian life. Uh, military does a great job transitioning in, but on the way out, not so much. Um, in your personal experience, after 20 years in the military, I, I got to expect that you saw some transition adjustment and how can you or this office or this legislative body be of help to vets or can you be of help to vets with those issues yeah i i think for me in particular i feel like my job is to make connections and build the networks and uh you know i think for for uh for guys and gals that fought in afghanistan uh, especially around the time when General McChrystal was in command, he always talked about you got to defeat a network with a network. And you know what I what I found for my own transition is that there's there's tons of resources out there. The problem is we don't always know where they're at. They're, they're hard to find. They're you know in some corner of the internet, and you got to know which website to find or which phone number to call. So I really want to make sure as much of that is accessible as as possible for folks. Um, and, and, you know, some of the other things I think about is, you know, where I grew up, I grew up in a small town in eastern Pennsylvania, so not, not too much different from, from where we're at now in Sullivan County. Um, and, you know, when I was a kid, the, uh, you know, the World War II guys were starting to get older, and there wasn't enough people to keep up each individual, you know, Legion Post and AMVETS and Catholic War Vets and all those, so they bound together, built a joint Veterans Council, and really were able to do a lot in the community for for 
guys who were coming home from Vietnam and Desert Storm and so on and so forth. So, you know, building, building up the networks that can, that can help um, connect guys to services I think is really important. And, and that was actually what I found as I was going through my own transition. Um, we, we got a transition program set up on the Navy Yard uh, because a lot of a lot of Navy guys around D.C. were having to travel to Walter Reed or you know all over the place, and if you if you've been around D.C., you know it's not the most convenient place to be driving around. So um, providing that service directly to guys in the Navy Yard, getting that program started up, it really showed me how many different things are out there from small business programs, you know, boots to um, you know. Uh, boots to business and and teaching opportunities. There's so much out there to to help vets these days, and it's really just a matter of making sure that they know um, what is available to them and engaging them in a conversation, um, which unfortunately you know didn't always happen in the past. It was you know hey, congratulations, your tour's up, and uh, best of luck to you. And um, you know, we do a lot better at that these days, but it really still comes down to making sure that you're engaging guys and gals on their way out, making sure that they know that. The community is there to support them. They just have to raise their hand and speak up and say, this is the kind of help I want. Yeah, because sometimes that's the difference between success and, and failure, you know, if they get the right help. So what are some of the other ways? I mean, we talked about the land bank. You talked about the transportation thing, which I think is great. Um, what are some of the other initiatives that the Sullivan County uh, lawmakers uh, are working on with regard to vets? The... the um the thing to me is I, I feel really supported um, with, uh, you know, Luis Alvarez is, uh, is an Army vet and, and the chairman of the legislature, um, Mark McCarthy running the Veterans uh, Committee. Um, they, they welcome the contribution, uh, bringing, bringing vets in. And, um, and, you know, whenever there's a question that comes, you know, it's, it's an immediate response to, you know, hey, to see how people respond to that so quickly. That, that's that's really good. That's really encouraging. I, I try to listen more than more than go out and tell people this is how it is. I want to hear from folks in the community, so you know I, I want to know what issues we need to tackle. So you know I, I want to hear from folks and I want to take that message from the vets to the legislators. So um, you know I, I'm open to that and I want to hear more. Um, on a personal standpoint, what are your goals for for your future in this? in the role that you have, what would you like to ultimately see transformed in Sullivan County, or what would you like to see by the time, you know, you put in another 40 years and retire? Yeah, I mean, I mean, with the Navy, um, my wife got here uh, last month when our kids finished school. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting tired of this nonsense. I got you. So, um, you know, we're, we're here for the long haul, and, uh, and we want to make it a great place, you know, for our, for our kids to grow up. We, my wife and I are both from the same town, Pottsville. I, I came to Sullivan County because I saw it was, it was up and coming, and I had the chance to kind of jump on a train to, uh, to an area that can really, you know, ha ha had a great past and has, you know, a lot of potential and a lot of people working toward a positive future around here. So, um, you know, we're we're um, we're pretty hopeful for that, and you know, building, continuing to grow the tourist economy, and and making sure that everybody has, you know, decent jobs and our kids have good schools and all that. I mean, that's, it's kind of, um, it almost seems kind of cliche as I'm saying it, but it's really, you know, just trying to make. Just trying to give back to the community that gave me so much. Um, uh, you know, I, I spent I spent 20 years going over the horizon, uh, taking care of America, and I feel like you know now it's my turn to come back and 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 make it what I, you know, make make all the work. Bring a lot to the table, I think. Um, as you probably know, the uh, Sullivan County Vets Coalition sponsoring the American Veterans Traveling Tribute Wall at Rock Park from September the 11th through the 14th in the afternoon. It's going to be open 24 hours a day. Um, are you and the commissioners planning to be part of that? Yeah, I, I'm sure there's going to be representation. We don't have a whole lot of detail yet. Um, so far, my commitment is um, uh, I was asked by the uh, town supervisor in Liberty to speak for their 9-11 tribute, so that's my first uh, hard and fast. I definitely um, i am very honored to support that um, and, be, and be a part of that. Uh, I'm sure I'll make a trip... Uh, to the wall while it's while it's here, and um, you know it's um, it, it it means a lot to me on on a lot of levels actually because you know with the wall you're talking mostly about Vietnam era guys. My my last ship was USS Way City, um, which is um, it, of all the Navy cruisers they're they're all named after battles, 
and that's the only one that was named after uh, a Vietnam battle. It's kind of the, the latest in the, in the series. Um, so I, w- I was very fortunate. You know, my first battle wa- or my first ship was was Princeton, as I said earlier. And you know, there weren't any veterans left the, of George Washington in the Battle of Princeton. Um, but but Way City, there were a lot of guys, and they and they came back and did a reunion every year um, with us. So um, you know, one five Marines in particular, Lieutenant Nick War and and uh, all of his guys um, learned a, learned a ton from them. Uh, and and the connection between us and our namesake battle. Um, really meant a lot to all the sailors on the ship. So uh, it gives me a special connection back to um, Vietnam. And then, you know, one of my own best friends uh, from high school, I went to Annapolis, he went to West Point, uh, and we lost him in 2007 in Afghanistan, Dave Boris, uh, God rest his soul. And um, so, you know, this deep personal meeting as well um, from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and making sure that we keep that memory along. I'm actually going down to... um, to Pottsville in, in a couple of weeks. We have a we were both on the soccer team together, and we have an, a memorial game, uh, alumni game every year to honor Dave and, and give to a scholarship fund for him. So I'm um, looking forward to all those things and, and making sure that we, we keep these folks in our hearts. Well, thank you for your service, and thank you for your time this afternoon. Absolutely. And um, we wish you nothing but the best in the job. I appreciate that. Bring a lot to the table. I'll do what I can. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us again for Let's Talk Vets. I wish to acknowledge the following people and organizations that made this show possible. Vanessa Sotelo, Assistant Director at ATI. Mark Herbert, MICA slash Veteran Services Coordinator at ATI. John Little, Deputy Sullivan County Manager. The Military Times, New York Times, and the Sullivan County Veterans Coalition. Thank you for joining us. And let your friends know about this program and share with us your comments and suggestions for future shows. Also, send us your upcoming events so we may get them on the air, both in our normal public service announcement segments and this program. We're very proud tonight that uh, this is our 13th program, and we thank you for your support. You can send your emails to vets at wjffradio.org. You can call us and leave a voicemail at uh, our voice box, 845-431-6500. Till next time, I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your service. Company dismissed. Support comes from you and from the River Reporter newspaper in Narrowsburg, New York, riverreporter.com. Support comes from you and from Wayne Memorial Hospital and Wayne Memorial Health System, more than 200 health care providers serving residents in Wayne, Pike, and eastern Lackawanna counties in Pennsylvania and the upper Delaware region of New York State, WMH.org. And this is WJFF Jeffersonville and W233AH Monticello, community radio for the Catskills, northeast Pennsylvania, and Sullivan County. It's 73 degrees here. And fair, mostly cloudy tonight with a low of 59 overnight, then a slight chance of showers tomorrow, and then a chance of thunderstorms into the afternoon, high of 78. Those chance of thunderstorms continuing into tomorrow night with a low of 60 overnight, and a chance of showers continuing through Friday, Friday night into Saturday and Saturday night. Might be a wet weekend with highs in the 70s, lows in the 60s. Stay dry out there. Stay tuned for Neonatal Pulse coming up right now with me, Brad Mann, for the next two hours all new music and only new music. And then at 10 o'clock will be all songs considered and return to the source after that. Stay tuned for a wonderful Wednesday evening of tunes here on WJFF Radio Catskill 90.5 FM. Support comes from Raptors Tavern, Calico, New York, an intimate gathering place for food, music, and fun. Raptors Tavern on Facebook. Support for this program comes from listeners and from Cinder Track Bicycles. Bicycle sales, service, and rentals for Sullivan County, 6 Railroad Avenue in Mountaindale, New York. Cinder Track Bicycles on Facebook. Support comes from you and from the Law Office of John Ferrara in Monticello, New York, providing legal services in the areas of matrimonial and family law and criminal defense. John.Ferrara557 at gmail.com.